right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. that. You don't got time that. Right? Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk here on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN with Nick Springer. I am Derek Johnson on today's Show. We're going to be joined by Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World coming up at 3.40. Kevin Flaherty going to join us at 4.40. we got a fun uh, segment coming up with Kevin. Me, Nick, and Kevin are going to draft Big 12 fantasy football teams, essentially. Just kind of a quick way of doing it with Kevin. We also have uh, two more matchups of RCST Trivia as Bull Week continues on with RCST Trivia here. We have some audio to share for you and another edition of Good News, Bad News. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Sunflower State. It'll be here before you know it, coming up in literally two days. And you'll be able to bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. To celebrate, all new customers will receive $100 in free bets when you sign up using code KLWN. Plus, one lucky customer will win a $100,000 free bet. I saw um, on uh, some other sites that the KU line was closer to 28 points. There's still too much for me, man. Man, I was about to ask. You said you wouldn't take 30 and a half. No. Take twenty eight. No, I'm. It, it's not a uh, a spread that I feel comfortable taking either way. Here's a stat for you: since 2018, KU is ten and twenty two and one against the spread. That's not good. I <laughs> thought that stat was. I, I thought you were going to share something that would make me want to bet more oh, on KU, and you no. did the opposite. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry. I, I think I saw someone out. I think Bryson Stricker uh, tweeted out the other day. He was like, I think they're one and nine in the last 10 games <laughs> uh, or, or the last season openers. Hey, but the uh, last the time against the, spread. I, the last time they were favored by this much points, though, it was against Rhode Island and they covered okay. that with ease. Well, if Tennessee Tech is as bad as that Rhode Island team was like to be clear, that Rhode Island team was what Kansas football was over the last decade. But in FCS and they've actually since kind of figured it out a little bit. Yeah, but uh I don't know. Tennessee Tech won only three games last year, so maybe maybe there's a chance that's true. And I will say, the one thing, like if you're in a game where th- this could be going KU's way if you do want to bet on KU. If you're in a game where you are able to do whatever you want, like you're so much better than them that even a simple run play, even a simple handoff is going to go for 10, 12 yards or could go for a touchdown, that makes you feel better about betting on a team with a big spread because – even if they are up by 25 points in the fourth quarter. You could still score. Exactly, because they're just going to be simply yep. handing the ball off. Yep. But if you're having that much success, so maybe maybe that's that's talking me back into it. I don't know. Maybe I'll get there on uh, Friday. We'll see. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code KLWN to get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Kansas. Plus, one customer will win a $100,000 free bet. 
That's code KLWN, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 and older, physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per customer, $100 issued as four dollars free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstakes. Void where prohibited. Ends first day DraftKings is allowed to operate in Kansas. See terms at DKNG.co slash KS. We talked a little last week. I forget what day it was. We said, what would go into this being KU's best outcome this season? That's realistic. So essentially, if this went right and this went right, that are all plausible things. And how many games could they win? Let's be negative today. What oh. would go into KU's worst outcome this season? Because anytime we're talking about the floor for KU, you're looking at an 0-12 season. Seriously. <laughs> Like, I mean, that is the floor. I don't think that's going to happen. I still think they're going to win three or four games. But if we're looking at that side of things. You don't think the floor this year is one win? Ideally, it should be because you should still beat Tennessee Tech. But come on. We've seen Kansas lose to FCS teams. <laughs> I, I Again, I don't think it will happen. This is just what I'm saying. We, we've seen Kansas lose to yeah. pretty good FCS teams. Yeah, though. like the hypothetical floor if everything goes wrong. And here's what, in my eyes, would constitute everything going wrong. Jalen Daniels struggles with turnovers. So you're talking, you know, 13, 14, 15 interceptions, right? And even after all the strong play you had last year at the end of the year from Jalen Daniels, even after all the talk we've had this year about could he be a top-half quarterback in the league, even after all that, Jalen Daniels is still, or whatever you get from the quarterback position from Kansas, is still the worst in the Big 12. And as much as I am a believer in Jalen Daniels, it still was just three and a half games. Like, it would be very Kansas to have a step back there. It just would. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, KU in the Big 12, they've been at the quarterback position, bottom Mm -hmm. of the Big 12 for the last 15 years, right? Either at the bottom or very near the bottom. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but... They've probably been at the bottom almost every year, I would think, except maybe Carter Stanley's senior year. Mm-hmm. And then maybe even then they might have still been at the bottom. I don't know. So that's not out of the realm of possibility that something like this could happen. And as you said, it would be very KU football for this for this to occur. And I'm, I was really hoping that we would be able to do away with the term, it would be very KU football for blank to happen. <laughs> but it, it seems like we haven't quite, no. we haven't quite uh, extricated ourselves from that term quite yet. So it would be very KU football for there to be a regression and suddenly they still have the worst quarterback by stats, whatever you want to look at in the Big 12. Even And on top of that, it'd be even worse this year because the rest of the Big 12 is not nearly as good as I think you would say they normally are mm-hmm. in terms of quarterbacks. Yeah. So it would be even worse this year to say to come into the season saying, we have a guy that we think is going to be a lot better. And on top of that, the rest of the Big 12 has a lot of question marks. And for then KU to still end up being at the bottom, that would be really bad. Yeah. So, I don't even know how else to phrase it other than really bad. No, exactly. So, like, what happens if Jalen Daniels has 15 touchdowns and 15 interceptions? Something like that. Like, that would constitute in that situation. I don't, I don't. Okay. Just to be clear, I don't think 15 touchdowns and 15 interceptions would be that bad. I think that would be worse than the Big 12. I don't think it would be disaster bad. Like, I, I don't think that would be... Disaster bad to me would be, like, eight touchdowns and, like... 
16 interceptions. No, but I, I don't like see, that. I don't think, because this is where it comes in, worst outcome of the season that's realistic. I don't think that part is realistic. Okay. I think Jalen Daniels is too good for that. I do think disaster outcome, like offensive line gets hurt, and now it's it's tougher. You don't have much time to throw, and the receivers aren't as good as you might have hoped. 16 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, or 15, 15, whatever it is, like, yeah, that's not disaster. You're still getting some production there. That's more than you can say at, at other years. Yes, but that's still the worst quarterback in the Big 12. Okay, that's probably true. I mean, maybe there's one other quarterback who it's like, hey, we had to rotate three guys and, and that position is worth, but like it's at or near the bottom in, in terms of production there. Uh, the next one is the running backs are good, like they're clearly talented, but the offensive line either sustains those injuries or just struggles to get going. And because of that, there's only so much that the running backs can do. Like, that's a given. We know how talented the running backs are. But if the offensive line isn't creating holes, like we saw early last season. We saw early last season the offensive line couldn't get any push on the defensive line. And you could have Devin Neal back there. You could have Walter Payton. You were only <laughs> going to get two yards at tops, right? Like, you could make three guys miss, and you might pick up three yards. To me, this point harkens back to what I've mentioned previously, which is what if the offensive line does take, like, half the season to sort of really come together, right? Mm-hmm. Look at the look at KU's schedule. Their winnable games are mostly in the early part of the season. So it goes back to this discussion of if it takes the first month of the year for the offensive line or or X to figure it out and suddenly KU's 1 and 3 after Duke, West Virginia, Tennessee Tech and Houston. That's that's three two or three of your potentially five winnable games in the first four or five games of the season, right? Mm-hmm. So if that happens, then you're staring down the barrel of, well, now you've it's too little too late. Maybe you maybe they are playing a little better, but you're still not going to win all, the rest of those games. Yeah. I, I think if you're looking at like individual results, by the way, of, of team games, maybe is a better way of putting it. What would constitute in this being KU's worst outcome this season? Just losing the Duke game or the Tennessee Tech game. Um, but uh, the next thing for me would be no one breaks out as a true top two receiver. Like you, I, I think this is very plausible, actually. Yes. I think this legitimately could happen. Yeah. Like, you could have guys where it's like, oh, this game he had four catches for 50 yards to lead the way. But then the next game, the next two games combined, he had two catches. Like, it's just, you just don't have that go-to guy, and you don't really even have the secondary guy either. And you just don't have the depth overall at the position. Like, that's something that, that is very plausible that, that could happen. But I will say... I think it is also possible that this could be true, but that KU could somehow maybe circumvent that a little bit Mm -hmm. with their running back and even their tight end play of maybe they don't necessarily have a go-to guy, but if it's still like third and medium or even like third and nine or something, maybe they still have plays where they can get the running backs involved with the tight ends to where it's kind of offset a little bit. So, I mean, obviously this would be bad, Mm -hmm. but I, I don't think if nobody emerges as a, consistent option at the wide receiver position I don't think that's necessarily as much of a disaster as it might seem for KU I agree that it's certainly like uh, among the first two things that I just mentioned it's certainly further down the list but if you compound them where it's like yeah. oh yeah. we are only getting one or two yards per carry because yeah. the line can't block and now we're in third and seven every drive and we don't have that that legit receiver then it it becomes more of an issue when you look at the defense I, it's pretty impossible to me that they wouldn't be better than they were last season when you look at how much they added, how much they returned, and just how bad they were overall <laughs> last season. The question just becomes how much better are they? Because if they're only like slightly better, 
That's how you wind up in your worst outcome where maybe you do only win one or two games or something like that. Like, Lonnie Phelps isn't as good as Kyron Johnson. The defensive line isn't much better than last season. The linebackers don't mesh well, and the fact that these transfers aren't starting is a bad sign of of what's to come and, and that you know they weren't able to, to take the spot. I don't think that's true, but uh, the secondary additions are just kind of meh and, and don't really add a ton to the unit. Like When you just look at it holistically for me on the defense, it's just that they're yeah, maybe instead of giving up 42 points per game, they give up 39 points per game. Because if you still do that, like you're still going to end up in, in your, I guess, worst possible outcome this season. Yeah, the bar is definitely very low for quote-unquote success right? for the defense. Yeah, get a touchdown better. You still be giving up 35 a game, but hey. Exactly, exactly. So from that standpoint, the in terms of improvement, like you said, you, you assume they're going to improve. It just becomes a question of, what does that look like, tangibly speaking? Do we see the guys that have been brought in really becoming guys? You know, guys like Lonnie mm-hmm. Phillips, guys like Eric Gilliard, guys like Craig Young. Do those guys really come in and produce right away? You know, so it, it is it is interesting. And I think from the defensive side standpoint, it's not as important that – I shouldn't say it's not as important. It's – I think – there are higher expectations for the offense than the defense. Is that a fair statement? Yes, okay. I would agree with that. Okay, I almost wanted to say it was not as important that the defense gets better, but it is mm. important that they get <laughs> better. So that was going to be kind of silly. But the expectations, or what the general assumption is that the offense is going to be better than the defense, I feel like. I think that's fair. Um, so if, if all this stuff happens, and I guess you could t- toss in here too if you wanted that like, the turnover battle, like KU just has trouble with turnovers, which I think would go back to the quarterback thing. They're not yeah. forcing a lot of turnovers. You could also factor in that, like, oh, the special teams is just really bad as, like, a, a, a possible real outcome that could come there. If all that stuff happens, what do you think we're looking at win-loss-wise? Probably 1-11. I think the Tennessee Tech game, you, you, you win if you're KU, no matter what. I don't... I don't really know how you lose that game. So you think know. even in the worst possible outcome, KU's getting that one? I think even in the worst possible outcome, they're getting it. But, if again, if they if they barely get it, then did they really get it? Does that make sense? <laughs> like, if they if they squeak out a win over Tennessee Tech mm-hmm. by, like, a field goal or a touchdown or 10 points, whatever, are we really going to be sitting here on Monday or, I guess, Tuesday morning after Labor Day saying, man, that was a great win. I'm, I'm feeling really good. One and KU. Let's go, right? That's probably not going to be the vibe. Okay, so they have to win. They have to win the Tech game very convincingly, and if they don't, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be like a win by less than like fourteen points is probably going to be viewed as a loss by most people. Yeah, it's weird because you almost have more to gain. Like you, no, I I said that wrong. You have more to, more lose. to lose by losing than you do to gain by winning. Because if you win. And even if you win by 42 points, we're going to look back on it and go, oh, this was Rhode Island all over again, right? I don't know. If we, if we win to 42 points, I'll be pretty happy. Oh, of course. You'll be happy, and there will be things you can take away. I'm not saying there's like there are no positives, but it will easily be tossed aside to, okay, well, let's see it against Power 5 competition. That team just wasn't very good. Um, whereas if you lose, it's not just, oh, well, that wasn't if, great. But If you, you lose, know. the season's done. No, exactly. The season is done. Exactly. Might as well not even play the rest of the year. There's a big drop-off. But I do agree. I think realistically, even in the worst outcome, you're probably still a one-win team. Uh, to be clear, like I've said, 
I don't think this stuff's going to happen, but some of those things could. Yeah. Like a couple. I think the worst outcome here would be one and eleven plus. You just get you just go back to the old KU of just getting destroyed every mm-hmm. week. It's not entertaining for the fans. Doesn't yeah. feel like you have positive momentum to next year. Uh, you're not competitive in games. Yeah, I think I think uh, that would be worst case scenario. He's Nick Swing- Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Matt Tate's going to join us in about 20 minutes. Coming up next, we have a little more Lance Leipold audio to share for you from yesterday. This is RCST. What's up? You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer, Derek Johnson, joined now by Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. Before we get into some of the stuff for this week, you had the news earlier today. KU has added a road game at Nevada in 2023. Can't wait for that return trip to Lawrence in uh, six years from now. Uh, But that's going to take place for the uh, Houston game because Houston's obviously joining the Big 12. So, Matt, um, your first question, maybe the toughest question I've ever asked you. Over under a million Nick Fazekas references the week of that game from the KU fan base. <laughs> Over for sure. <laughs> uh, it was. It was. Yeah, you had me nervous because you've asked mm. me some tough ones, but that one was actually pretty easy. Everybody, especially with Joe Dooley being back in town now, there's mm. there's little doubt that people are all over the Fazekas references and. Somebody should look that guy up, man. I'm sure he had a nice career after he played at Nevada. Um, but uh, I, I'd, I'd be curious to see what he did um, and uh, how long his post-college career lasted because he was a hell of a player. I mean, he really was. And uh, obviously everyone at Allen Fieldhouse saw that. So He's still playing. Uh, is he really? You just looked him up. Nice. He's on the uh, Toshiba Brave Thunders in Japan. Okay. He's been okay. playing there well. since like 2012 oh my gosh yeah wow um well good for him let's just leave it at that i think uh, he played for japan in the 2019 fiba world cup i guess he has dual citizenship now (laughs) see see he's a legend that's why he's gonna come up so much and and Uh, at that point we're talking 2029 um you know that's seven years from now uh what does how old is he uh 37 Okay, so he'll be 44 years old. He'll be done playing then, and maybe he'll make it to town for that game—a little reunion. Mm. Let's, let's put that. Let's put that in motion. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> uh, send him some uh, some postcards to Japan and say, "Hey, you know, you're you're cordially invited to uh, to Lawrence, Kansas, uh, site of one of your your greatest accomplishments, and uh, I'm sure you'd be welcomed back with open arms." Yeah, certainly. I, I think the invite has to come from Joe Dooley. Just to bring that okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get that. It's not about yeah my my involvement. We'll just <laughs> we'll just get it going. We'll 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 start pulling the right strings and, and make other people do mm-hmm. the do the heavy lifting. I'm in. I love it. Okay, so um, Matt, congratulations! You have just been awarded a time machine from Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. And although there's part of you that wonders if it even works and and if you should even be messing <laughs> with the the time continuum or, or whatever. Um, you decide to take it, and you just decide, let's go to Saturday. You know, I'll fast forward. I won't have to do any more work this week. I'll have all my KU writing done by then. We'll get to the weekend. What does Saturday's paper, I guess even, you know, Friday night's issue on KUSports.com, what does that look like? What do you think we're going to uh, gonna see a few days from now after the first KU football game? 
Yeah, that's that's a great way to ask it. I, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I, you know, listen, I, I think it's going to be a great Friday night. I, I think that um, I think KU is poised to, to really play well. Uh, I think the opponent is is prime for a KU performance that people enjoy. I think it's a nice matchup for Kansas. Uh, I think they're excited. I think they're fired up. I think the fan base is fired up. I think people are going to do what they can to get off work a little bit early and get up there and, and enjoy the sunshine and the hot temperatures and tailgate a little bit and then usher in a new season. And, and I was talking to Devin Neal today kind of about that, not not exactly how the game's going to go and all that, but but a little bit about just – how does this week feel, especially for him, because he grew up in town here and he's he's experienced that anticipation of another Kansas football season a bunch of times before he was even a Jayhawk. Um, and then, of course, last year he, he went through it as a freshman and and, uh, you know, he, he said it feels totally different. Um, largely because last year there were very few expectations for him and and then he had a pretty good year and now the expectations are up. But I think what what really sunk in to me the most about what he said is is you can feel it all around town people are curious what we're going to be like and and i think you know for a young man still that's that's pretty locked in that's uh that's very true and and that's true almost every year at this time of of the year and and at this point in the season good bad whatever the heck happened a year ago or or how bad they were or weren't or whatever it is it, it's sometimes exciting and anticipation and all that, but most often it is curiosity. And I think that that is absolutely dead on this year. I think everybody is curious how this team is going to look, what this team is going to be about. And, and there's some optimists out there that are talking bowl game and going crazy and all that stuff. There are the pessimists out there who say, we still got a long way to go, blah, 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 blah. And then there are people in between too, but Regardless of where you fall on that list, I think everybody is genuinely just curious of how this is going to look. And uh, so, so that adds to the buzz, that adds to the anticipation. And, and um, you know, when you, when you factor in all those things I mentioned a, a little bit ago uh, about the matchup and, and, and just how, how prepared this team seems for this, at least for the start of this season, I, I think it's going to be a – a, a celebratory headline. I think it's going to be some a lot of smiles in these photos, and I think Kansas is going to put up a a pretty impressive week one effort that uh, that that you know looks like an easy win and a lot of fun. We're talking with Matt Tate of Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. Is there a position or a player or unit or whatever it is, something that you're most interested in that you have questions about right now? You're not sure how it's going to look or you're just curious how this translates to KU, whatever it is, uh, maybe the progression of a certain player. I don't know. To have those questions answered in that first game of the season, like what sticks out to you the most? Yeah, you know, I mean, in light of what's been happening lately with the receiving core, I'm, I'm interested to see how that looks. But but I, I think they've got enough receivers regardless. Um, you know, that the receivers were never really the, the cornerstone of this team anyway. So I, I think it, it, with that group, it's about just find guys that can make plays and get open and do their jobs. And, and so, you know, but, but because they're missing a couple, I, I'm definitely interested to see what that looks like and if these other guys, especially a guy like Doug Emelian, um, Luke Graham, if, if 
Quentin Skinner, if those guys are are ready to to, to play prime time, big time football here. Um, and there's a lot of reasons to think they are. We've already seen Luke Grimm do that, so um, you know he gets an even bigger opportunity now. Um, so so that's kind of it, but not probably the number one answer. I think the number one answer would be the offensive line. Um, Obviously, that's such a key part of every team and every season. And and uh, I, I think, based on you know what we see on Friday night, I think we'll have a little bit better feel for for just how this team might be able to proceed. Uh, you know, I realize the Tennessee Tech's defensive front and defense in general isn't isn't going to be anything like KU will see in the Big Twelve the rest of the way. Um, but you can kind of still learn something from that. You can kind of still look at that and say, look, if they have their hands full with these guys, then it's probably going to be a rough year. Um, but if they maul these guys and they, and they run it down their throats and they protect the quarterback and all those things, um, then, you know, I think there's a little bit of, of hope that creeps in and people can start to maybe think, all right, maybe, maybe we got a little bit of an offense here, you know, and, and, and going back to your initial question, I'm, I'm going to throw out another thing that I think is going to be part of the, the coverage. I, I think, I think you'll see Jalen Daniels have a pretty good game and, and put up some numbers. And, and I think you'll see uh, Jason Bean play about a quarter and a half. And also put up some numbers, and and that's not because I think they want to play two quarterbacks, or, or because I think they're going to try to still figure out who it is. I I, I think that it could be a situation where if KU gets out to a big lead and shuts it down, you know, early in the second half, that Jason Bean has earned the opportunity to go out and play and do his thing too, and and he may get that opportunity. So, um, you know, I, I I as you can tell, I don't think Tennessee Tech's going to pose much of a challenge. Um, if they do, then then KU's probably got bigger problems than than any of us realize. Well, I'm sure you've seen the early lines that have come out. Obviously, sports betting legal for by the time we get to the game, somewhere between like 28 and 30 points. I've seen at different sites so far. Uh, what are your thoughts on on seeing that large of a number next to KU football? Yeah, it's it's huge. I agree. It's massive, and it does seem weird, but. It, I'll be honest with you. In some ways, it doesn't seem that weird because those numbers we've seen before—they're just usually on the other side of the ledger. You know, it's—it's <laughs> it's not that hard to see something in the high twenties or even thirties when you're talking about Kansas football. It's just usually they're getting that many points instead of laying that many points. So it didn't blow me away. I think again, that's you know, this is a game to me that that feels like. Kansas has got an opportunity here, you know, to, to put up a, a 48 to 10 type of win or something like that. And, and we'll see if they do it. And again, even if they do it, it doesn't mean all is well and they're going to have this magical season, but it's certainly a good place to start. Um, so yeah, the line's crazy. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I love that gambling's coming to Kansas. I think it's awesome. I think people will have a lot of fun with it. I'm sure I'll dabble from time to time, but I have a long-standing rule in my life that says you don't bet on, against, for anything to do with Kansas football because no matter what the outcome is, you always should have known better. Mm. So I think we know which way you'd be leaning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, I would, I would. if I was betting this game, which I won't, I would I would take Kansas to cover. I would. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I, I guess who uh, what would be more disappointing? Would it be KU not covering after sports gambling's league? I would imagine a bunch of fans are going to want to bet on the game as they're there and stuff. 
or was it Ryan Goodwin's finishing of RCST trivia? Oh, definitely Ryan Goodwin's finish. I mean, he he was the preseason favorite. You know, Kansas isn't the preseason favorite. This is, you know, they should win the game. But if they don't, people will not be shocked. I think all of Trivia Nation was shocked that um, after a pretty good start, too, you know, Ryan Goodwin not only lost and didn't make the playoffs, but lost in a in a pretty, uh, I don't know, a, a pretty disappointing manner. I mean, the, the, some of the questions he missed, I don't know. I, I you know, listen, I, I talked him up quite a bit. I, I've known the guy a long time. I thought he was better than that. I really did. So some of the questions he missed, I thought were 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 pretty embarrassing for him and anyone who knows him, really. So um, I, I would have to say his performance. I I know he's worried about you letting him in even next year. It's not he's not it's not even a lock, and I understand he probably should be, but. You know, you know him. You've known him a while now too, and and I think I think you know he's good for ratings and things of that nature. So, you should probably make sure he's in next year. Um, but obviously, he's nowhere near the, the list of favorites, and and he's got some work to do to prove that he's you know even belongs in the competition. To be honest. Wow. So I mean, maybe I don't know what to do here because I mean, you're Ryan's good friend, and like if. If you have those words for him, maybe I shouldn't let him in the tournament, you know? I, but also, maybe maybe it's saving him more embarrassment, so maybe I should look at it as a good thing. Yeah, I think you got to let him in, and I, I think that he it's up to him what he does with it. And, <laughs> and then, you know, if he falls flat again, then, you know, you'd be right to write him off and say, you're done here. I, I don't have time for losers. You know, you could say that. Nobody would argue with you. But if you give him a chance to redeem himself, you know, there's there's a there's a chance that he might. Uh, I know he's a big Dumb and Dumber fan, so you know that line of you know how could you do something like that and totally redeem yourself. You know, he might <laughs> he might be able to pull off something. But yeah, not a favorite, not anybody that somebody's going to fear, and and you know that's probably really plays to his advantage because he's usually best when he's sneaking up on people. Um, kind of that underdog mentality. He's been an underdog most of his life um, in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, there's no reason for him to to uh, ever be considered a favorite of anything. So, really, I blame you. I think you, mm. I think you failed as much <laughs> as anything. <laughs> I talked him up too much. Well, uh, I guess one last thing for you. Who will have the better record through four games? Ryan Goodwin, who is two and two, KU football, or Push? Oh, my gosh. There are a lot of people that are, are really drinking this, this three and one Kool Aid thing for KU. I, I don't know how many. Obviously, there are most people that, that probably think about it aren't really throwing their opinions out there. But, um, but I've heard more than I expected. That people think that there's there's a possibility of three and one, and and a, you know, listen, listen. Of course, there is a possibility. West Virginia is not a juggernaut, but it is a road game. It is week two. It will not be easy, and KU will be an underdog, of course. So it's really hard for me to think that that can happen. I think if they're two and two, they should be very excited and feel great about that, and hope they can go find a way to continue improving and, and, and progressing as the season moves on. And, and, 
you know, maybe find a way to win a couple more um, throughout the rest of the Big 12 schedule. So uh, I think the smart money is on two and two. That that makes it a push, I guess, if you're asking the question again. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that that's, that's where you have to put it. I, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine three and one, even though I think it's not out of the realm of possibilities. And, and you know, and if they're one and three, there's, there's big problems. Um, so... Two and two sounds about right, and and yeah, that's that's a shame for for the for the trivia world that we're even talking like that because uh, Goodwin was there. Yeah, he, he had a question to go three and zero, oh and he just flopped. I think so. It, it was tough, <laughs> tough to watch him finish that way. Ugh. Well, he is Matt Tate. You can check him out at the LJ Worlds and at KUSports.com, especially after the uh, game coming up Friday night. Matt, I appreciate the time as always, man. Yes, sir. Thanks, Derek. Have a great rest of the week. And, uh, yeah, Friday night. It'll be fun. We got Free State on Thursday or uh, Free State on Friday night as well. Lawrence High mm-hmm. on Thursday night. Uh, yeah, this is this is great. I mean, it still feels like summer out there. And I love summer, but I love football, too. So it's an awesome week, and uh, I hope everybody enjoys it. And, you know, the only thing I'd say to all your listeners about Kansas football is just sit back and watch and see what happens. You know, if they have a rough first quarter – or a rough first game, see what happens. It doesn't mean they're doomed. It doesn't mean it's over. And if they have a great first game, it doesn't mean they're going bowling either. Just take a deep breath, take it all in, and, and watch it unfold and see what happens. That's that's my mantra. That's my message for people this year. I've had the rake those leaves you know, comments in the past, and, and I don't know that there'll be a lot of raking being done this, this fall. I think it's worth watching, and I think you should start with that mentality and and maybe you'll enjoy it a little bit because of that. So we'll see. It'll be a lot of fun, though. I, I love the first game. I always think we learn so much, and, and we've been talking about it for so freaking long now. It's time to see what happens. Yeah, well, once again, you can check out his work, KUSports.com, the LJ World. Thanks again, dude. All right, Derek. Take care, man. We'll see you. All right, that's Matt Tate, Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. One hour down, two to go. RCST Trivia next. <laughs> two more bowl games today on Bowl Week. For RCST Trivia, brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Johnny's Tavern, Jayhawk Trophy, and Kansas Lottery. And before we get to our second semifinal, we have the Jayhawk Trophy Bowl, which features two top 10 teams. Justin Nichols finishing second in his division. He's ranked third overall, though. Three and one record, 67 points is one of the highest point totals of the event. He's taken on the 10th ranked Ryan Brown, who finished second with a uh, fun little tiebreaker there in his division, a 2-2. Two and two. A lot of points scored for Ryan as well, 59 points, including uh, a really good finish for him in the regular season that helped him earn that tiebreaker with the total points scored. And once again, both you guys, just for getting here, have received gift cards to 23rd Street Brewery and Johnny's Tavern, engraved water bottles or tumbler, however you want to call it, from Jayhawk Trophy, two tickets to the Kansas Lottery, 150 and 300 at the Kansas Speedway on September 10th, and then the winner is going to get an extra gift card to both 23rd Street Brewery, Johnny's Tavern, and two more tickets to that Kansas Speedway event. Jayhawk Trophy, a great spot to not just get all your trophies, but also they're engraving experts over at Jayhawk Trophy if you need anything engraved over there. So, Justin, we'll start with you. You're ranked third in the RCST Trivia Top 10. Had there been an expanded playoffs, you would have certainly benefited here, but instead you now become in the running for the best team not in the playoff setting um, in the end, it all came down to that just really close loss to Blake in the first match of the season when 
You just happened to go up against him when he had a perfect score. So what are kind of your thoughts headed into this one? Does it feel like you have a little less wind in your sails because it's not the playoff, or are you still jazzed up for this one with it being a bowl game? Uh, no, uh, you got to, you know, you got to just roll with it sometimes. it's. I guess I'm, I, I got unlucky with going up against Blake, who I think is probably the best competitor in the whole thing at this point. And, I'll be I'll be ready for this one as ready as I can be, you know, run up against somebody that, that you uh, have, have run up against before. Uh, then, you know, you got to take it as seriously as you can. And certainly don't want to lose to somebody uh, like Ryan, who who I know a little bit. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll show up well today. Well, Ryan, uh, I think what Justin alluding to there, this is a rematch of our third place game. From the basketball side of RCST Trivia, and Justin got the better of you there. Is that extra motivation? Do you have the chip on your shoulder? Do you have a, a dartboard with Justin's face on it somewhere in your house? No, I think he's, uh, I think the opposite. I just think um, he's emotionally crushed me from the <laughs> um, uh, Final Four game or Phenomenal Four game. And I've been listening to his matches in football and, um, uh, three, by the way, is way too low of a ranking for him. Um, I mean, very hard questions. He gets them all right. I mean, nobody does that. It's it's bizarre. But uh, no, so I'm just um, I'm worried that this could get it ugly fast. <laughs> yeah, well, Justin, yeah, he's answered three really hards. Nobody has more than two. And that led you, Justin, to being named the Heisman Trophy winner. I don't know if you saw that yesterday by uh, Scott Chasen, so you're going to get an extra $25 gift card to a local place that you can go get some KU gear and an extra pair of tickets to the uh, Kansas Lottery event So uh, at the Kansas Speedway and whatnot. So, Justin, do you have any any words, any acceptance speech ready for uh, your Heisman Trophy win? No, I, I, I appreciate Scott uh, recognizing my, my, you know, random trivia knowledge uh, with, with the Heisman and uh, – I, I wish I'd had a perfect game in there. Um, that would have that would have made it feel even better. But I appreciate it. And uh, it, it, there's a lot of weird stuff rattling around up in this brain that sometimes uh, pays off. I guess so. I'm, I'm just glad that this is one of those circumstances. Well, um, I I think we should just get into the matchup now. Kansas Lottery Bowl on the line, or, or the Jayhawk Trophy Bowl. Excuse me, the Jayhawk Trophy Bowl on the line here, and. Uh, I guess I should make mention of this. Like, I don't know. Maybe this comes into play for you, Justin. But um, this is like the AP poll, right? So hypothetically, somebody could win the playoff, and you could win your bowl with a with a perfect here, with a decisive outing. That maybe we we make it a split title. Maybe we we make you the number one team at the end of the year. So style points might matter in the end in this one. I I guess we'll wait and see. Um, with that being said, I do have a quarter. I mentioned this yesterday. I got a new one back. Justin, you are the higher-ranked team, so I'm going to go ahead and let you call the coin toss. Um, heads. It is tails. Ryan, would you like to go first or would you like to go second? Let's go first. All right. Going to rip the Band-Aid off once again for the bowl games. We have our four normal rounds, easy, medium, hard, really hard, working up from the first through fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, though, features a second drive as we're going to go into the choose-your-own-adventure, and whoever is losing at that time, We'll get the first option to answer a question. So, Ryan, for you first, in the easy round, these are worth three points in the first quarter. This Jayhawk running back won Big 12 Offensive Freshman of the Year in 2018. 
Puka Williams. Yep, Puka Williams, the correct answer there. Sure wanted to make sure it wasn't like James, or not James Sims, uh, Khalil Herbert or something like that. All right, Justin, your first question for a three-pointer in the first quarter. This Jayhawk defensive end won Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week for his 2016 performance against Texas that featured two sacks and three tackles for loss. Oh boy, I should know this. Um, Ten seconds. Twenty sixteen. Yep, defensive end. Daniel Wise. No, Wise was the D tackle. This you're going to be kicking yourself on this one. Dorrance Armstrong. Yeah, is the correct answer there. Well, you still got time to make it up, and with your affinity for hitting the really hards, that <laughs> won't be worth much. Uh, you would think. 3 nothing the score after the first quarter. Into the second quarter, these are worth six points. Ryan, first for you. The first points of the 2005 season for the Kansas Jayhawks came from what? Um, um. safety that is correct the first points of that 05 safety that 05 team had a great defense they got it off of a safety so you get a six pointer there if you think about it it's really you know one and three shot okay uh justin this one for you what happened on ku's final play of their 2015 loss to south dakota state 41 to 38 what happened on the final play of that game uh, we kind of figure out. Be pretty general it. here. Yeah, you can be pretty general. Uh, we didn't spike the ball. <laughs> yes, that is correct. They fumbled the ball on a spike attempt. They tried to get the spike down so that they could kick the game time field goal and send it to overtime, but they couldn't get the spike off in time. Okay, so six points for you, Justin. Nine to three, the lead, or nine to six. I'm sorry, bad at math there. Nine to six, the lead. Ryan leads Justin at halftime into the third quarter play. This is the hard round. These are worth seven points. Ryan, this Jayhawk linebacker led the 1995 team in tackles with 119 of them and is now the current head coach at nearby Baker University. Uh, Jason Thorne. Jason Thorne, the correct answer. Baker got a big top 25 win to open the season last weekend. 16 to 6. Justin, this is a big one for you. Justin, this Jayhawk led the 1993 team in tackles with 114 of them and was a former Kansas assistant coach. What's his name? Bowen. Can you give me the first name? Uh, so in 93, it would have been Clint. That's right. I had to ask because there was a Charlie Bowen in there as well. So just wanted to uh, make sure we clarified there. All right. So that's a big seven for you. Ryan has 16 points. Justin has 13 points. And we go into the fourth quarter of play. These are worth eight points. And then we'll get to 
or choose your own adventure round. But Ryan, if you hit this really hard and Justin misses his, you would clinch the win at that point anyway. So Ryan, for you first. This Jayhawk finished eighth in the country in yards per punt in 1979. I know the name of like one punter back then, Bucky Scribner. So that's definitely one that's going to come up, you know, maybe on next year's edition. I don't know if we'll get to the questions this year. So definitely get to know that name. And that's a good one to know, but unfortunately not the right one there. The correct answer is Mike Huback. Hubach? Not sure. Okay, Justin, you've got a chance. You've hit more really hards than anyone. And if you do it here, you take the late lead. In the fourth quarter on Ryan, and it would give you your fourth. Justin, this Jayhawk led the Big 12 in yards per punt in 1968. Uh, I'm going to go with somebody that I just know is on that team. Um, but he was a he was a center. He wasn't the Throw it out there. Mike McCoy. No, the correct answer there was Bob Cobble. Bob Cobble. Of course it was. <laughs> How could you not know that one, right? Okay, so now we get to the choose your own adventure round as part of the fourth quarter. It is 16 to 13. Ryan has the lead. That means, Justin, you will get the option of what you want to answer in. So you could go for the easy, secure the tie, but then all Ryan would have to do is hit an easy. You go for the medium. If you hit it, that puts you up three. Ryan would have to hit an easy to send it to overtime or a medium to win. Or you could go for the hard round of things, and then he would have to hit a medium to win or to lose. But there's no way that even if you hit a really hard, he would still just have to hit a medium to win. So I think your best bet here is either choosing the medium or the hard round. But what do you want? Why don't we go with, I, I will take the, uh, I'll take the medium. Okay. Medium question. This is worth six points. It would put you up three. After losing to Central Michigan, Kansas lost its second straight game to a Mac school in the 2017 season, 42 to 30 to who? Ohio. Ohio is the correct answer. KU got down big early in that game. They tried to crawl back, and they just couldn't really get over the hump. So, Justin, you have taken a 19-16 lead here. Or, have the score right? Yeah, 19-16 lead. Ryan, decision time. You can answer an easy and force overtime, or you can try to answer a medium and get the win, or you could try to answer a hard or really hard and and really add up your style points and, and work your way up the ranks if you get it right. Completely up to you. Um, can't do I've got a meeting in seven minutes, so let's do the medium. Okay. Medium for the win. This is going to decide who comes out on top of the Jayhawk Trophy Bowl. Can Ryan get revenge for the third place game of basketball trivia? Ryan, prior to being held to 21 yards in a shutout loss to TCU in 2017, one game earlier, Kansas was shut out again. This time on the road, 
45 to nothing in the loss to what Big 12 school? I was in sitting there in the rain during that. It was uh, Iowa State. It was Iowa State. That's the correct answer. See, you probably, when you were sitting there at that game, you're like, what am I doing with my life? But it just paid off right there. Ryan, congratulations on the win. What are your thoughts after the big victory there? Um, you know, honestly, I remember that game being the, uh, <laughs> the like this is going to be in a, you know, history book sometime. And then we go and do it again the next week. So um, that was a horrible, horrible game. There's about eight KU fans there in the second half. But uh, yeah, it was good, good battle today. Yeah, Justin, uh, you come up just a little bit short here in the end. I mean, you got to at least feel a little, you know, good for Ryan that that he gets a, a win over you here. I, I know it obviously doesn't feel good to lose, but uh, thoughts on on your performance today on on your trivia overall? No, I, I, I'm Ryan deserved a win. Um, I deserve to lose because I'm stupid enough not to remember Dorrance Armstrong, um, and. Uh, I mean, I was struggling so hard on that one because I was wanting to say Azura Kamara, and I knew that wasn't right. Um, and just Dorrance, for whatever reason, just didn't uh, didn't click, and that cost me. So uh, I'm 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 going to lose somebody. I'm glad that it's somebody like Ryan, um, and and uh, uh, hopefully he'll go enjoy some some good food uh, in Lawrence next time he's in town. There we go. Well, you're both getting some gift cards, so Ryan's just getting a, a few extras for winning the Jayhawk Trophy Bowl. Ryan, uh, let me ask you, since that, I guess, ended up deciding things, if the easy questions would have been reversed, would you have hit Dorrance Armstrong? Yeah, I think I think the only reason I would have guessed Armstrong is because I remember Beatty being a, you know, love the guy, and it's probably because of that game getting him an extension is why I loved him so much. Um, but Wise would have been my number two, frankly, my number two guess. Yeah, well, guys, we appreciate you both being a part of this, both awesome contestants, and congratulations. You're both going home with some prizes. Ryan, congrats on being the Jayhawk Trophy Bowl winner. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate you doing football. That was a really good matchup there. It's crazy because both those guys are just hitting off the mediums, and they both hit their hard question, and it just it's the easy in the end. Uh, you could probably argue that both of those easies could have leaned toward like those were those were tougher easies, right? We've had some where it's like name this guy and here's the first name. Those easies were the harder end of easy, but they're still probably not quite medium. So I I don't know. They're they're kind of in that like gray area, but nonetheless, both very good competitors, both guys that you expect to contend if they come back, which I'm assuming they will for next year and both coming home with some trophies. The Jayhawk Trophy Bowl, once again, you can go to Jayhawk Trophy looking for trophies for your fantasy league. Obviously, fantasy football starting up here. You can get a belt, you can get a trophy, whatever you want. Or for your kids, Sports Youth League. Right? You got to get the uh, trophies for the whole team and everything going on. But they're also engraving experts, whether you need something engraved like a plaque, something you already have, take it to Jayhawk Trophy. They provided us with some really cool engraved tumblers that have like the RCST trivia logo and stuff on there. So really cool stuff that, that everybody's going to be getting as part of that. This is RCST Trivia brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Johnny's Tavern, Jayhawk Trophy, and Kansas Lottery. We have our semifinal second one coming up next with Blake and Michael on the other side. Second and final semifinal matchup for Bowl Week here of Trivia. We have the championship matchup coming up uh, tomorrow, and we have the Johnny's Tavern Bowl here for the semifinal. This is basically our 2-3 matchup in the playoff. Michael's still ranked fourth in the, the trivia poll, but 
It doesn't really matter too much. Uh, Blake is ranked second. He's gone three and one with seventy-two points. Michael, as I mentioned, ranked fourth with a three and one record, scoring sixty-six points. Blake, we'll start with you here. Did you get much sleep last night? Have you done uh, extra studying now that you know you're in the playoff? I got my sleep, and you know, pretty much the same thing as always, trying to stay consistent. So, just hoping for a win. Michael, you uh, had that unbelievable matchup in your uh, Thursday division winner over Ben. And it's, it's been a little less downtime between then and now. Have you, have you struggled with, with getting over the, the excitement of that matchup to now turn it around to this one? Uh, what's kind of your level of emotions headed into it? Yeah. I mean, we just did a quick walkthrough this morning, some, you know, stats and stuff to, you know, get ready for, you know, like I said, just a little quick walkthrough, a little quick practice. And uh, hopefully we get some more questions with, uh, you know, some, some Johnson's in the answer. So <laughs> yeah, that's been your good blessing here. Well, um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give the coin toss to Blake here because you are just the uh, higher seed. So do you want to choose heads or tails? I'll go tails. All right. It is heads. Michael, would you like to go first or would you like to go second? <sighs> Big choices, huh? Um, let's, uh, let's defer. We'll, we'll mm. play defense first. All right. Once we get to the choose your own adventure round, it'll be whoever is losing. That means Blake will go first. Michael second. We'll start in the easy round of questions. These are worth three points. Winner not only wins the Johnny's Tavern Bowl, where you can go and get all sorts of great food and drink, feel like you're part of the neighborhood porch, but also you win some more prizes and uh, have a chance to take down Blake McFarland. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a matchup of all Blakes coming up in the championship game, but uh, these are worth three points in the easy round. First quarter, Blake. Name this Jayhawk coach who won the 2007 National Coach of the Year Award. Mark Mangino. Mark Mangino, the correct answer for that one, and Blake with an opening field goal. Michael, your first question. This Jayhawk corner from 2005 to 2007 is part of the Kansas Athletics Hall of Fame. I'm going to go with Akib Talib. Akib Talib is correct as well. All right, those are the easy ones. You each knock it out. Three to three, the score. We head into the second quarter of play. These are the medium round of questions. These are worth six points. First, Blake, for you. Kansas took down South Florida 13 to seven in their 2006 meeting, thanks in part to what running back going for 119 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown? John Cornish. John Cornish is the correct answer there. Blake has elapsed like one second combined between the two questions. He's ready to go so far. All right, Michael, for you to match. Kansas took down Colorado 52-45 to in 2010, thanks in part to what running backs 123 yards and game-winning touchdown? 2010. Would that have been... Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, Ten seconds. It's on. Throw something uh, out there. Sims, James Sims. That is correct. That is a big oh buzzer gosh. beater for you. Yep, he was a, I'm trying to think, he would have been either freshman or sophomore at that point in time. But James Sims, the correct answer. And we are tied 9-9 nine to nine at halftime. You hit the, the Hail Mary at halftime oh. there to score right before the buzzer. So 9-9 <laughs> nine, nine the score. All right, back to you, Blake, into the hard round. 
Third quarter play, this is worth seven points. After two earlier cracks at a win over a top two AP-ranked opponent, KU's third chance ended in a 23-7 road win over what number one ranked team in the 1960 season? Nineteen six zero, just for clarification. Ten seconds. Let's go, Missouri. That is a wonderful guess because Missouri is the correct answer. They took down number one Missouri on the road, twenty three seven. It's weird. Missouri was ranked number one. What? Yeah, that's the uh, correct answer there. Okay, 16 to 9. That's a big hit for you, Blake. Michael, see if you can match it. The next time after KU defeated Missouri, number one ranked team in 1960, the next AP ranked victory that Kansas had was in 1967. It was a 10 nothing road victory over what eighth ranked opponent? 1967. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna guess Nebraska. And that also is a wonderful guess. Nebraska is the correct answer. You guys are feeling it. 16-16, the score, headed into the fourth quarter of play, and this is when things will be decided. We have uh, a really hard question for both you guys, and then we get to the choose-your-own-adventure. So these are worth eight points at first for the really hard. Blake, for you first. Name this Jayhawk halfback who was all big six in 1950, 1950. Ten seconds. So Burton. Correct answer is Wade Stinson. All right, Michael, you got a chance to uh, gain a big edge here. If you hit this, then Blake would have to answer a really hard question in the Choose Your Own Adventure. And then even if he did that, all you'd have to do is answer an easy question. So, Michael, big opportunity here. You had the fireworks with the really hard answer last week. Let's see if you can do it again. <laughs> Name this Jayhawk running back and fullback who finished 10th in the country in total scoring in 1951. Uh, well, probably wasn't Stinson. Um... Laughlin sounds familiar. I'm going to go with Laughlin. That is correct. Bud Laughlin is the correct answer. I am just amazed that you just got that right. Unbelievable. Okay, Blake, the odds are against you now. You need to answer a really hard with the choose your own round, and then you need to hope Michael misses on whatever he has next. So I... I mean, unless you, you just want to basically kneel on it and take the loss and answer something easier, do you want to answer really hard here? 
Yeah, this is going to be really hard. All right. Blake, the last Jayhawk to record three interceptions in the same game was what player who did so in a 1958 game against Tulane? Koenig? Not right. No, not a bad guess. John Koenig was question, I think, last week that Justin Nichols hit a really hard. The correct answer is Bill Crank. So, Michael, you have punched your ticket to the championship match. Would you like to answer one more just for the fun of it? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have got that one either, Blake. <laughs> I, I would have gone with, like, Clevenger or something. I didn't know that one. That was tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Lob one at me. What? Do you yeah. want it really hard, or do you want something something else? Um. Yeah. Why not? Let's do it. Mine as well. Right. Okay. Just for just for gigs, Mike. The last Jayhawk to record two pick sixes in the same game was what defensive player in 1997 against UAB? Um. Gosh. Ten seconds. Carl Neesmith. Patrick Brown. Patrick Brown is the correct uh, answer on that one. Well, if the questions would have come in differently than Michael, all you would have had to do is is answer the easy there, but it would have put some pressure <laughs> on you into that easy round. Yeah. And uh, both those were. Or uh, KU Media Guide specialties. Both those kind of stood out on the Media Guide there. So, um, Michael, you come away with the victory in the end. That that hard round question or the really hard round question that you hit with Bud Laughlin, how did you come to that answer? Well, process of elimination, right? Like, we knew it wasn't Stinson based on the question before, so I just was trying to think of running backs in the 50s, and that's the one I settled on, so... As, as I, you know, and I had a, you know, I didn't know the Nebraska question. That was luck. So, you know, it's just had some luck today. Well, Blake, um, if that would have been reversed, if you would have got Bud Laughlin instead of Wade Stinson, would you have got it right? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Yeah. Well, it, it, I, I originally would have gone with Stinson, but since I knew that that was already the other one, that yeah. Was, yeah. And every so out, often we do double up. So it's, you know, we, we try to keep it at least guessing on your toes. But uh, yeah. as far as the hard round went, you said you guessed on that one. Blake, was was that Missouri one? Was that a total guess or did you have an idea there? No, I thought it was Missouri the whole time, but I was just trying to play it through in my head. I thought that was right, but I was yeah. debating between like Nebraska or Oklahoma, which would have been the other two that made sense. So I just threw out Missouri and got kind of lucky there because I wasn't 100% sure, but I it's pretty positive on that one. Yeah, I yeah. think both of those for you guys were kind of educated guesses, so maybe it worked out that you both I, hit it right. I would have known the Missouri one. That was that was the Burt Cohn game, so I would have okay. known that one. But. So uh, in the end, Michael, you come away with the victory. Blake, you're still getting some prizes. You're getting a gift card to 23rd Street Brewery to Johnny's Tavern. You're getting a pair of tickets to the Kansas Lottery 150 and 300 at the Kansas Speedway. You're getting an engraved tumbler from Jayhawk Trophy. Uh, certainly disappointing with the way this one finished, but – you should feel great about your season. You had a phenomenal year, man. No, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for putting this on. Um, best of luck to you in, in the finals tomorrow. And, yeah, look forward to this next year. 
And Michael, uh, any words uh, ahead of your championship matchup? No, we're just going to keep hoping for some, like I said last week, hope for some luck from the football gods, and we'll uh, <laughs> just, just take them as they come. Well, guys, appreciate it. And, uh, Michael, good luck in your next one. Yeah, thanks, guys. Man, what a matchup there. You feel gut-wrenched for Blake that, that that's what uh, – what came up there in the end, he had such a good season. But Michael coming through in the clutch in the really hard round, back-to-back weeks. And how about this? Literally all of our bowl winners, because Michael now the winner of the Johnny's Tavern Bowl, all of our bowl winners were the lower seed, or, or I guess the worst seed would be a better way of putting it. Unbelievable. So we'll have the championship matchup coming up tomorrow. Coming up next, though, Kevin Flaherty joins us. We draft a fantasy draft of Big 12 players. That on the other side. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks. I'm excited for this one. We're joined by Kevin Flaherty. Always excited to, to talk to Kevin from 24-7 Sports here, but we got a uh, fun version of having Kevin on the show today. So what we are going to do with Kevin Flaherty is, Kevin, I, I hope you're doing all right and, and hope everything's well as we head into the college football season. Um, we are going to do a draft of, basically it's a fantasy football draft of some Big 12 players. So me, Kevin, and Nick are all going to draft a coach a quarterback, a running back, a receiver, a tight end, and a defense. And how the the coach would be scored is you get 10 points for every game that team wins, but here's the bonus. You get an extra 20 points for every win that that coach has above their Vegas over-under win total. So, for example, if Lance Leipold in Kansas win four games, you would get the four wins, that would be 40 points, and then you would also, because the Vegas over-under is two and a half, you would get the two bonus wins for going over. He would have 80 total points, whereas if Brent Venables wins eight games and he gets the under so he doesn't get the bonus points, he would also have 80 points. So there's a little bit of a, a wrench thrown into the coach's side of things to make that one a little bit more interesting. So, Kevin, how's everything going today? Do you understand all of the rules of this draft? I think I understand them about as well as uh, as maybe they can be understood. <laughs> Man, that's not a very, that's not a very good uh, indication of their no, rules. Explaining that doesn't make me feel confident. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, I I was gonna say I I think I had it up until we got to the coaches part. Mm-hmm. So if uh, if I wind up losing, even if uh, even if my coach winds up outscoring you guys, that's what I'm gonna blame it on. <laughs> okay, okay, I like it. Uh, just think about it like this: which coach is gonna most overperform the expectations? I, I think that might be a sure. A good way of putting it. Um, so, Kevin, I will, uh, since you are the esteemed guest joining us here, I will let you let you choose. Uh, we're going to have a, a serpentine draft here. Um, so I will let you choose what spot in the draft order you would like to pick. Uh, I think I'd like to pick second. Okay. So Kevin's going to be the, the sandwich or the, the meat of the sandwich pick in the middle there. Nick, I will give you the second choice. Do you want to pick first or third? Um, okay. Question. Yes. You can pick anything you want to fill out your team. Correct. You don't have Any to go order. in a specific order. Okay. Yeah, okay. you can. Yeah. Um, I don't want the pressure. Yeah. On so first. if you wanted to take quarterback with like your last pick or whatever, you could you could do that. Gotcha. I don't want the pressure going first. So there, okay. you're first. All right. So I'm first. <laughs> Kevin is second. Nick is third. Oh boy, this is tough. I I think there to me is a gap for clearly who I should take at quarterback. Um, I'm going to go Dylan Gabriel with the first overall pick, and here's why. Dylan Gabriel is going to put up big numbers at Oklahoma. He put up big numbers at UCF. I, I like him. I think he's just a really good quarterback. And when I look at the other quarterbacks in the Big 12, there's going to be other guys who put up numbers. It will. 
But, like, what if Quinn Ewers gets benched for Hudson Card? What if Max Duggan gets benched at some point along the way or gets injured like we've seen in the past? Or, um, you know, what if Adrian Martinez is a turnover? I don't know. I just have some questions with the other quarterbacks that I feel a lot more solid about Dylan Gabriel. So, uh, Kevin, what do you think of that pick? And then you can take your pick. Yeah, you know, and without, I guess, I'm revealing my strategy on mm. this, and maybe I shouldn't, but um, <laughs> I, I was actually going to go quarterback really late uh, because I, I don't. I, I see what I see what you're saying. I do think that there are a couple quarterbacks that are going to put up really big numbers this year, uh, and and maybe uh, maybe it doesn't work out that way, and we all come back. And I see what you're saying because I, I think. If you're picking not for a fantasy football setting, right? Like you, Quinn Ewers might be your first guy. Like if you were saying, "Hey, give me you know the guy who might just be the best guy," but for a fantasy setting, there are just too many questions there. And so, if you are going to go quarterback, I do feel like Dylan Gabriel is is kind of your your number one guy. the uh, The reason that I wanted to go second, actually, it's kind of funny now was that I figured there were two really elite running backs in the Big 12, and I wanted to make sure that I had a, a chance at one of them, so now I'm regretting not picking third. <laughs> but uh, I, I think I'll go ahead and you know make the pick of Deuce Vaughn at this spot. You know, I, Like I said, I think there are two really good running backs. I wanted to try and make sure I got one of them. I think Vaughn gives you the production in the passing game. Uh, not that you know the other guy who will be picked very highly uh, will not, but I think Vaughn gives you a little bit more there, and so I think I would go with Vaughn with my pick. Yeah, Kevin, I'm actually pretty happy with how this shaped out because of Derek's pick. Because now, yes, that other running back falls to me, and I'm going to take him. I'm going to take Bijan Robinson from Texas because yep. he's going to be the workhorse guy. He's he's one of the top running backs in the country, if not maybe the best in the country. A, a preseason Heisman guy, so I definitely want him on my team. Well, you have a second straight pick. For my second pick, um, I think I'm going to go with Marvin Mims from Oklahoma. Uh, he's there now their top receiver, preseason, first team all Big 12. And presumably Oklahoma is going to throw the ball a lot like they always do. And also, if, if we were actually going to compete, I would have the offset if I was playing against you, Derek, mm-hmm. where Marvin Mims, if Dylan Gabriel throws to Mims, it, it evens out. You know? So I'm going to go with Mims for my second pick. Uh, Kevin, it is your second choice. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny because if I would have had the third pick, I would have taken either Vaughn or Bijan Robinson, and then I would have flipped it probably to Quentin Johnston with mm-hmm. the next pick as my wide receiver from TCU. And so that that would be my pick at this spot. I think that he has you know all America potential. I'm not sure I like the receiving core around him. As much as I like Oklahoma's, like I think there's a chance that Marvin Mims is like really awesome, and yet is one of like three guys who has between 700 and a thousand yards, and so that would be my my only downside on, on Mims. And so I'm going to go ahead and go with Johnson with this pick. See, my thought process on Mims was he has a reliable quarterback who has a proven track record with Dylan Gabriel, whereas with TCU, that may not be the case. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, see, now now is where strategy comes into play because, <laughs> obviously, like we, we said, you're only taking one of each position. So, hypothetically, I would take a running back or a receiver here. I have back-to-back picks. I might even do both. But you guys both have your running backs and receivers, so I might as well wait on that and get something yep. from one of you guys. Um, 
and, and I'll be clear, if if you didn't take Quinton Johnson there and, and you would have gone non-receiver, that actually would have been my pick there. So <laughs> I am going to, with this first one, I'm going to take the Baylor defense. The Baylor defense was so good last season, and Oklahoma State's was awesome last year too, but I, I feel like Oklahoma lost a little bit more. Now, don't get me wrong, Baylor still loses like Terrell Bernard and stuff, but I, I, I feel more confident in what the Baylor defense is going to be, even though I think both should be good this year that I really like uh, what they could be on that end of the field. So I'll take them. And then, oh, do I go to- coach or tight end? I don't know. I guess I'll, man, I don't love the tight end position in the Big 12, to be completely honest. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of great options. No. You know what? Let's go with Matt Campbell as my head coach. So, uh, Nick, you have the, the over-under for wins on Iowa, Iowa State. It's what, six uh, and a half? 6.5, yeah, six and a half. Okay, so... I think Iowa State, and this is something Kevin's talked about on our show over the last few weeks, that, um, yes, they lose a lot of players, but they've been recruiting really well over the last few years. And kind of... It's actually, like, scary, like, well, and I know, like, some people will probably bring up their recruit sheet at this point and be like, those (laughs) those are three-star guys or or whatever. Like, I I don't get it, but in all honesty, like, they're higher... it may not make sense to say this, but they're higher three-star guys than what Iowa State usually gets, and they want some really pitched recruiting battles for some of these guys. You know, SEC schools wanted Howard Brown as a defensive tackle, and Iowa State got him. And, you know, Dominique Orange was a guy early in his career. I know, Derek, you're familiar mm-hmm. with that name. You know, and Michigan was, was in on him, right? Really early. Yeah, Michigan, Georgia, all these schools offered him early on. You know, his play maybe fell back a little bit, but for Iowa State to get a guy like that and swing on, hey, if we get this guy right, we've got a guy that was offered by a lot of the top programs in the country. You know, that's, uh, I do think Iowa State is a really talented team. And if Campbell can get them pointed in the right direction and get them up to speed maybe a little quicker than people think, that's a lot more talented roster than people realize. Yeah, and so they lose a lot, but sometimes it could get stale. It seems like they're high on the quarterback, the Deckers kid. So if they get seven wins here, which I think is very doable, then with the bonus, because they'd be that half win over the over-under, that'd be 90 points. And if they can get to eight wins... Wait, no, wouldn't it only be 80? No, it'd be... Six and a half, you get 10 points per win. That's 60 points. Yeah, and then one for every one you're over on the over. So seven, you get 20, right? It'd be 90 points. No, right? it'd be eighty. No, because you would have 20. seven wins. Seven wins is seventy plus oh, the okay. twenty. I, the, yeah, exa- no, because it, the over under is six and a half. So you get yes, six correct. wins at ten points each. That's sixty. Your no, no, seventh no, no, no. win would count okay. as twenty. Right? All right, let me so re-explain the rules. Let me re-explain <laughs> the rules. You get ten <laughs> points for every win they have. Yes. Right. So you'd have seven wins. Okay. That's seventy points. For every win they are over the over under, that's an extra twenty. So on top of the points. 10 that Correct. you already get Correct. from the win. Yes, yes. Okay. It's basically like double dipping. All right, I understand. So if he gets eight wins, it'd be 120 points. So I, I mean, just wanted to clarify. You're that. looking at a lot there, which out of like comparison, even if Brett Venables, because I think their over-under is what, nine and a half for Oklahoma? Yeah, which is actually, I feel like that's kind of high. Well, if, if they get to 10, then they'd be getting he'd be getting the same amount of points as an eight-win Matt Campbell. So I, I like the math there. So Kevin, you have your next pick. Yeah, I uh, the list that I'm looking at, and I don't know if our over unders are, are going to match up on this one. Has Baylor at seven and a half? Yeah, that's uh, what yep, we that's have. Yep, that's have. what we have. Yep. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Dave Aranda. Like, I think that this is legitimately potentially a ten win Baylor team, and and if Baylor winds up having that sort of season and going back to 
you know, the Big 12 title game, I, I would bet on Dave Aranda to figure the defense out with them replacing a couple of those guys. I think the offense is actually going to be better than it was last year, certainly more versatile with Blake Shapin being able to throw the ball significantly better. And so I, I'm going to go ahead and go with Dave Aranda at that spot. All right, you're back-to-back, back, Nick. All right, I'm not, I don't feel good about this pick, but I'm going to take for my coach, I'm going to take Chris, Chris Kleeman from, from K-State. Because their over their over under wins is six and a half, and I think they are a team that could. I I mean I don't I'm not saying I want this to happen, but they could win nine ten games. So if they do, I'm gonna feel bad about it, but at least I'll have in my back pocket a hundred and however many points. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you do the math on that one, Derek, because I I can't do it. <laughs> so I'm gonna take Chris Kleeman as my coach, and then I'm really torn here. I think for my quarterback, I am going to gamble. I'm going to take Quinn Ewers for Texas. I'm going to gamble on the upside. I think that's pretty good value later in the draft. I'm pretty happy with that. And he could turn out to be one of the top quarterbacks in the in the conference. So I think that's a – I'm going to go with him as my QB, and hopefully he doesn't get benched. All right, Kevin, you have your coach, running back, and receiver. So you still need a quarterback, tight end, and your defense. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and pass on quarterback since you guys both have your quarterbacks. Now, that was actually – what I was going to take next, but now I can move past that. You know, I'm going to bet on Brent Venables figuring out the defense at Oklahoma. I think there's some talent with that group. Uh, I think that when you're looking at the best defensive coordinators that are in the Big 12 currently, you know, you would maybe say, what, Haycock, Aranda being a former defensive coordinator, and Venables would be – the guys that really jump out where you're like, man, these these guys are kind of defensive masterminds is what they do. And so I, I'm going to go ahead and pick Oklahoma's defense. Okay, so I have back-to-backs here. I'll just get one of the, the ones that you guys already have out of the way. Receiver is Xavier Worthy. Uh, just unbelievably explosive kid at Texas. And yep. I'm really excited to see what Steve Sarkeesian does with him in another year this season. Um, so I like that at receiver. And then Nobody has a tight end yet, so uh, I'll be the first to, to dip my toe in the tight end pool. I thought about, just for the fun of it, taking Jared Casey. I mean, <laughs> if he actually extrapolated out what he did in the last two weeks, it would actually be one of the better tight end seasons we would see, but um, that's probably not smart because he's not listed as a starter on the depth chart. This is this one scares me a little bit because Jaleel Billingsley transferred in to Texas, so I don't know how much he's going to take away time at tight end, but... I'm going to take Jatavion Sanders, the sophomore tight end for Texas. He has a lot of talent there. Like I said, I am a little bit worried about the playing time and whatnot, how that share is going to go with Billingsley, but I think he has a lot of talent, and I think Sarkeesian is going to draw up a lot of plays for him. Yeah, I think uh, I I like that pick. I'm also looking at at tight ends since I don't have to take quarterbacks at this point, and I'm really torn between a couple guys, and – I think I'm going to go ahead and go with Ben Sims at Baylor as my tight end. Um, mm. It's uh, an audible gasp it, from Nick. That's, that's, I, I really, that's what I was going to take. Uh, it, it's a tough one. I, I really, really liked somebody else to the point that I, I almost jumped him on that one, and I, I may get into that, you know, with my quarterback pick a little bit too. Okay. Well, you get to finish yeah. off the draft first, Nick. Well, this is a disaster because I was lined up to take Ben Sims, and now now I'm now I don't know what to do. Here you go, Jared Casey. I honestly I was thinking, you know, Derek was looking at was cheating and looking at my draft board because I had I had Jared Casey potentially also. 
Um, Does Jack Stanine count as a, a tight end? Well, I was looking at uh, Braden Willis from Oklahoma. He's a fifth-year guy. Um, I'll go with Braden Willis. He had he started he started games in every season for Oklahoma. I'm looking at his stats right now. He's I mean they've tended like to, more of a blocker, but they, they've had some good guys at that tight end position. You go back well, to Jermaine Gresham, Mark yeah, Andrews. Yeah, there, yeah. There's been some dudes there, so sure. I'll go with that. And then for my defense, I think I'm gonna go with. Oklahoma State just because of what they were able to do last year. I know they don't I know they don't have as much on their team. They lost some guys from last year, but I still think that they're gonna be a, a better defense. So I'm gonna go with them just because of the tried and true of what they've done in the past and hoping they can continue that into this season. All right, Kevin, you have your quarterback pick. So uh would you like Jalen Daniels? <laughs> you know, he would he would be a lot more under consideration this year than probably any KU quarterback <laughs> of the previous 10 years. But I think if recent history has shown us in multiple divisions of football that, that this guy is a good bet, it's that Zach Kitley's quarterback is going to explode scoreboards. And so if Tyler Shuck can stay healthy at Texas Tech – I think he's going to put up just some monster numbers. And I, I had a really hard time choosing between him and Chandler Morris, who I think is eventually going to to come out of that TCU attack for, for kind of similar reasons. I think Max Duggan does a lot of really good things, but Sonny Dykes has traditionally been more of an air raid guy, and, and Morris really fits that. And he had, what, the, the one game last year where he was Big 12 Player of the Week and threw for about 80 billion yards. And so... <laughs> That was one that I considered, but when looking at, at Chuck, you know, who's my pick, the the guy that I was thinking at tight end was was Mason Tharp, the six foot eight tight end at Texas Tech, just because you figure they're going to put the football in the air an awful lot in Kitley's offense, and having a six foot eight guy is a quarterback's best friend, and, and so that was one that that I had kind of thought of in that spot. I, I had Willis on my list too, but. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with Shuck to, to close out my lineup. All right, well, I'll take Devin Neal as my running back at this point. So that's the final good, That's teams, pretty good value for you, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Matt Campbell yeah. is my coach. Dylan Gabriel, quarterback. Devin Neal at running back. Xavier Worthy at receiver. Jatavion Sanders at tight end. Baylor is my defense. Kevin has Dave Aranda as coach. Tyler Shuck at quarterback. Running backs, Deuce Vaughn. Receiver, Quentin Johnson. Tight end, Ben Sims. And defense is Oklahoma. Nick has Chris Kleiman as his head coach. Quinn Ewers is his quarterback. Bajon Robinson is running back. Marvin Mims at receiver. Braden Willis at tight end and Oklahoma State as his defense. So uh, that was fun. I like doing that. That was a good time. Kevin, I appreciate it, man. Yep, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good day. All thanks, right, Kevin. that's Kevin Flaherty. You can check out his work at 24-7 Sports. Sports Talk, two hours down, one to go. Take a time out and come back after this. Five o'clock hour. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Happy birthday to Mason Fairchild, the tight end. Do you think that's why he's the starter? Is that his birthday gift? Oh no, I don't. I don't think. I mean, we heard a lot about Trevor Cardell doing well and Jared Casey, obviously last season. No, I don't think Lance Leipold is not to play favorites. You don't think so? The birthday nod, especially week one. Could maybe, you imagine maybe, if that was okay, a thing? Maybe if his birthday fell on like the before senior day mm -hmm. and he's a, when he's a senior, he is a senior yeah, senior, yeah he's, a, mm -hmm. he's a senior mm -hmm. maybe then he gets the starting nod for senior day 
as a senior for his birthday. But no, not for week one. <laughs> week one, it's all about winning, baby. Come on. But counterpoint, you're playing Tennessee Tech. You still got to win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to win. win senior day, though, too. <laughs> yeah, um, but you could just roll them out on senior day and then, you know. <laughs> that would be kind of funny if a team operated like that. It's like, oh, birthday club this week. You're all the starters. <laughs> Whoever's birthday it is. Uh, but no, I don't think that's why. Uh, we'll, we'll see. He he had a couple, like, one-handed catches last year. He had the one against South Dakota. Um, he kind of was banged up at the, as the season went on and had some injuries that kept him out of the action late. So I'll be interested to see what he looks like because he struggled a little bit as a uh, run blocker, but he obviously did enough to, to remain the starter at tight end, and there's a lot of interesting pieces at tight end. So if he's the best of the group, that, I don't know, is probably a good sign for the season that he could have. Come down to venue 1235 for everything from weddings to formals and live music. Visit them online at venue1235.com to see the monthly calendar of events. Coming up, we're going to have some uh, KU football audio to share for you with some of the players we got a chance to speak to at KU Media availability earlier today. But we do this on Tuesdays now. New segment from last week. Good news, bad news. I've officially settled on the name. You were right. Just sounds better. Good news, bad news. Good news, bad news? Yeah. Just sounds better than bad news, good news. I, I, I like good news, bad news. Okay. So, good news, bad news. First up, the Kansas football spread against Tennessee Tech. The good news, Kansas is favored by 30. That's great. That means Kansas That's is awesome. doing something right. They had momentum from last year. It also probably means that Tennessee Tech's not very good, which that could probably be bad news. But uh, the other bad news of this is that Sports betting is legal in Kansas on Thursday, which, by the way, sign up before then to DraftKings with code KLWN to get $100 in free bets, but you got to do it before it opens up on the 1st. And a lot of people are going to be wanting to, you know, it's the first week of betting, and I'm going to the KU game. Let's try to make this even more interesting. I'm going to put a bet on it. It'll make it more fun for me. And they're going to bet on KU. As you should. I don't think they can cover a number that big. <laughs> I think this is bad news. I think it's bad Man. news the number's that big. Man, that's tough. Dude, I already told you. The last time they had this big of a, of a margin, Rhode Island. They they, they almost doubled the, the the spread against Rhode Island. They beat them by 40, 47, 48. Wait. I think KU had three quarterbacks in that game through a touchdown 50, pass. 55 to 6. What, what is that? 40. 49? 49, yeah. Okay, 49. Mm -hmm. I'm not... Listen, there's a reason I'm here and not teaching math. Okay, but the point is, the point being, mm -hmm. they almost doubled it. Or, I guess not really. They mm -hmm. got kind of close. Like, Rhode Island is was so bad Rhode that Island year. Rhode Island was really bad. And Tennessee Tech, that's the thing. Like, they were not very good last year. They were 3-8, and eight, but... Well, the thing about Tennessee Tech is they're kind of like a brand new team this year. They've got a transfer quarterback. They've got an offensive coordinator who's never been an offensive coordinator ever. So, we don't really know it be what. good or bad. Yeah, we don't really Again, know. good news, bad news. Tennessee Tech has a new team. The good <laughs> news really is that they don't have a lot of proven commodities. The bad news is that we have no idea what to we, expect from them, and they could be really good. We don't really like, know. Yeah. <laughs> what if they just happen to come out, and but, this transfer quarterback is just like the best quarterback so in the FCS? Jeremiah Oswald, he, was, he mm. started his career at Austin P. Okay. He transferred to Memphis, but didn't play at Memphis, and now he's back in FCS at Tennessee mm. Tech. But his freshman year at Austin P in 2017 – he was the Ohio Valley Conference Freshman of the Year. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel great about that. Um, <laughs> that's just more bad news of, of covering the thirty. <laughs> I, I think this is one that I'm just going to avoid altogether. Like that's fair. 
There is a world out there where Kansas is just running all over Tennessee Tech, and Tennessee Tech can't stop them. And even when Kansas brings in the second strings, even if they bring in the third strings, you still have Daniel Hyshaw or Savion Morrison or Tory Lachlan running all over the defense because even though they're not throwing it and even though they're not running hurry up or anything, they're just basic plays of these outside zones are just running all over the defense, and they're able to get to 52 points that way, right? I think the reason I would want to avoid this is it's week one for KU football. You want to get excited for KU football. You don't want to be sitting there stressed out if KU is up <laughs> 37 to 10, huh? worried about your bet. You want to just be happy but about see, KU football having a good game. Counterpoint. That's, that's, part that's, of, that's what I would say. That's part of the beauty of betting is that it's late in the game, and normally if it's 37 to 10, you might be in a situation where it's like, Man, what do I have left to care about this game? It's over. No, you just now. Be- no, now you can be like, oh, I still got stuff to root for. It makes the game more exciting for a longer period of time. It gives you, you just, more entertainment. I'm just saying, but wouldn't you rather just be happy about K football having a good performance? <laughs> they haven't had very many of those yeah. in the past. Like, you don't want to be in, you know, with three minutes left in the fourth quarter freaking out about a, a field goal or something. You just want to be happy that KU football, it's going to be a nice day, nice evening, Friday night, you know, going to the game with mm. your friends or whatever. You don't want to be stressed out. You just want to be happy that KU had a good game. Here's the play to me. You see how the the first like two because the beauty of this is that you're going to be able to pull out the app and live that's, bet at any time, right? That's true. Yeah. So but you, the line will could change. Correct, but this is what I'm saying. If if the first drive of the game, let's say that Tennessee Tech gets the ball and they go down the score touchdown. <laughs> I mean, there's not going to be an overwhelming reaction. The line might only change to minus 23 or something like that. That's a big change. But that would be enough for me to be like, okay, I think they can overcome this. Now, the counter to that is if the line drops or if, you know, there's a good start for Tennessee Tech and a bad start for KU, are you just going to start instead going, uh-oh, here we go again? Because <laughs> we've seen that story before with FCS teams, right? We have. So, I don't know. I It's good news. You're favored by that much. That's a good <laughs> sign of, of, I guess, where the program's going and whatnot. Honestly, it's... I'm kind of surprised uh, you managed to spin this into a good news, bad news. Like, I think most people, yeah. if their team was just favored by 30, that would be only good No, news. but you want to bet on it, right? Um, this, you could probably say the same. I, I saw the week two line came out against West Virginia. It's West Virginia. My, wait, I want you to guess. I don't know. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Okay, take a guess. West Virginia minus what? 11. They're actually pretty dead on. It's like minus 12. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. But like that, again, good news, bad news. Good news, that's like one of the, the shortest odds that KU has had in a road Big 12 game in a long time. Yeah. But bad news is that if it's, you want to bet KU, you don't get a ton of points. And it's a road right? Big 12 game. Yeah, so it's there's the good news, bad news for that. Okay, uh, next story. Jimmy Garoppolo gets a restructured one-season contract with the San Francisco 49ers. Good news for him. He was making a lot of money, and if they would have traded him or cut him even— Maybe he's not making as much money with the team. Uh, so the good news for him is that he keeps a lot of money. He gets to uh, not uproot his life, all this stuff. The bad news, though, is that he's going to be making less money now because of the restructured deal than he would have. And he's not going to be the starting quarterback. He's going to have to sit behind Trey Lance all year. He doesn't get to play. Okay. And I- as part of this deal, there's like a no-trade clause. So he can't get traded. Okay, I take issue with this. Mm, you do. This is good news all around for Jimmy G. He's the next Chase Daniel. He just gets to sit there and make a bunch of money for doing nothing. On top of that, Mm -hmm. we don't even know if Trey Lance is going to be good or not. He might suck and get benched by like halfway through the season, and then Jimmy G's back to being the starter anyways. Do you think that's what this is? Jimmy G's betting on the idea that Trey Lance is just going to be terrible? I think it's the 49ers betting on that. 
like I know it's there. I know like they you know publicly they would say yeah publicly they would say oh well yeah he's our guy whatever yada 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 franchise QB whatever right but like why else would they re-sign him with a no trade clause? Mm-hmm. I mean the no trade clause is good for Jimmy G too, but like that that's I think it's the 49ers saying hey what if Trey Lance is bad we need to have something something in the back pocket at least for this season right. So this is a win-win. I feel like this is good news. Good news. Yeah, in, I mean, in this situation, because Jimmy G gets to, he gets to ride the bench and make a bunch of money, and then there's also the possibility he might even get to be the starter again. I definitely think, from like a me and you perspective, it's like, oh, of course, I'd rather not do as much and get get a bunch of money, right? Um, I mean, there's got to be a Chase part of him Daniel, who's like, I want to play, though, right? Have you seen that? Said Chase Daniel in his career, if you look at his number of like completions, he's made like. $50,000 per completion in the NFL or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Some some ridiculous amount of money just for completing passes in the NFL. So this is a huge win for Jimmy G. I, guess, I mean, it's a loss, I guess, if he wants to play. But. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I, I feel like he's probably a pretty competitive dude who's like, I want to be a starter. But then again, maybe him agreeing to this restructured contract is a signal of what you're saying. He's like, I don't care if I'm the backup. I just want to, <laughs> I just, I just do this to make money. And you exactly. guys keep paying me a lot of money to do it. Exactly. Um, so maybe he, I don't know. I don't know where he lies on the spectrum it's of like, you can be a backup for the 49ers mm-hmm. or you can go play for the Texans. He's like, I, I just don't want to play is the thing. Like you want to go play for the Texans. So maybe or, he's actually, I don't, know, I don't know who else we said. Maybe he's, he thinks Trey Lance is going to suck. Maybe it's actually the opposite. Maybe he's like, Trey Lance is the truth. And if I stay here, I for sure won't start. And I can just stay the backup and make millions <laughs> of dollars. And be pretty Jimmy yeah. G. I don't. Any, now, no matter what angle you look at this, this is this is good news. Good news. We should change the name of the segment. <laughs> good news. Good news. We can change it to win win. It's a win win for win, everyone. Win win. Yeah. win. There you go. Okay. Uh, this last one. It is cut day in the NFL. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs are part of that. Good news. A lot of players, including on the Chiefs, realized their dreams today. Made an NFL roster. Bad news. A lot of players got cut today, and uh, that sucks. So for the Chiefs, Ronald Jones made it. Yeah, that's very interesting. We didn't think he was gonna gonna be safe on the roster. Ronald Jones. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Um, Guys Justin, that were close, like Justin, Justin Watson, Watson, Jody Justin Fortson. Watson. Although after the the Blake Bell injury, the Fortson one was even before that. Yep. It felt like he was and, gonna make it. But and Blake Bell's even on the roster too. Yeah, just on IR, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. Those were kind of the big ones of like guys that that you were curious were or weren't gonna make it. I do wonder how much the Derek Gore injury had an effect on Ronald Jones being able to make it. Yeah. Because if they would have kept, like, if and Derek Gore. Ronald Jones wasn't bad in the last preseason. No, no, he was good. But I, that's, I guess, what I'm going back to. Like, if, yeah. if Derek Gore is healthy and playing in that preseason game, maybe Ronald Jones gets less touches. And then maybe they sit there and go, well, is there that much of a difference between Derek Gore and Ronald Jones? And Derek Gore's just cheaper. We'll, we'll just cut Ronald Jones. I don't know. Maybe they just liked Ronald Jones way better to begin with, so maybe it didn't matter. If they were going to really keep four running backs, which they're doing to begin with, it's just it, it wasn't a foregone conclusion. And now you wonder if he can maybe regain favor at some point, right? We saw it yeah, um, yeah. at different points through the last couple of years, where like, I mean, he was, he was running back chances. He was the starter for the Bucks. Yeah, right? he was the starter for the Bucks at one point before Leonard Fournette took over, really right around the end of their Super Bowl season. You, but you have for like the Chiefs, you had times where. Even with Clyde Edwards-Alaire on the roster, maybe LaShawn McCoy was getting a lot of touches or yep. Le'Veon Bell, or, or maybe McCoy was the year before. Uh, Le'Veon Bell or Darrell Williams or whoever it was. Damian Williams before he... Before yeah. He was, yeah. And to where 
Maybe Ronald Jones. It just takes one game where, like, like Jet McKinnon found an opportunity late last season and took with it and ran with it, like, quite literally. Um, maybe that happens for Ronald Jones. Maybe there's a game where Jet McKinnon, like, is injured because we've seen that a lot in his career, and Clyde goes down with an injury. Yeah. Ronald Jones gets his chance, and, and he never looks back. So now for the bad news, the guys that didn't make it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The notable cuts for the Chiefs, Doris Fountain, wide receiver from Northern Iowa, mm-hmm. Josh Gordon, Got cut. Elijah Lee got cut, but there are reports saying that he's going to be brought back onto the practice squad. It's kind of weird how that works with, like, you can cut a guy to solidify your roster, but then you then you put him back on the practice squad. Austin Ryder got cut. That was a bit of a surprising one. Danny Shelton got cut as well. A mountain of a man. Yep. Danny Shelton, who's like four of me, mm. he got cut. <laughs> Azura Kamara got cut. Cornell Powell, another receiver, got cut. DiCaprio Boodle got cut. He was playing quite a bit towards mm-hmm. the end of the preseason. He didn't make the cut. And those are the, probably the main ones. So Azura Kamara, unfortunately, from Kansas, didn't didn't make the team. But but yeah. So I mean, that you know that's 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 how it goes with any any major professional athletics association. You're going to have guys that that don't make it. Yeah, really, the only surprise there for me, like. Josh Gordon, that just didn't really work out last year, and it yeah. seemed to be... Listen, I was preaching patience with Josh Gordon, Yeah, but that was last year. It right? seemed to be regressing in camp. I, 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 I'm out of patience, mm-hmm. so I, I don't... You know, I, I'm happy that he's recovered from his personal issues that he dealt with and was able to be on the field, at least, right, for a significant amount of time, which is something he's not been able to do, but but yeah, he just, he just didn't do anything. No, he didn't, and it's tough for the receivers in general. Like, with Fountain... He was a guy who had some some real good flashes and whatnot. Cornell Powell, uh, Corey Coleman didn't make it too. Former first round pick who did some nice things for the Chiefs in in preseason and whatnot. But it's just it, it's tough because you have those four spots you feel very solid about with Sky Moore, Juju Smith Schuster, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and McCole Hardman. And then with the way Justin Watson was playing, um, I can't remember the other receiver I'm missing. But it's just it, it's tough at that position. Um, the one that's a bit of a surprise is that Elijah Lee one. Like you said, it sounds like they'll bring him back on practice squad, but like there was a point in time where it was, hey, maybe he's going to be your third starting linebacker yeah, next like to Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. Yeah. 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 Uh, for KU, you mentioned Zerk Kamara not making it. Kwame Lasseter didn't make it with the Bengals, which is, that's a bit of a surprise because the Bengals, yeah. like he was doing really well in preseason. does sound like they're going to bring him back on the practice squad, but I'm honestly surprised he didn't make the 53-man. Um now, again, that's kind of a tough team to make it because you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, right? Yeah. Um, but here's some guys who did make it for KU. Steven Sims made the Steelers roster. Daniel Wise made the Commanders roster. And Kyron Johnson made the Eagles roster after he was a six-round draft pick by him earlier this year. So congrats to those guys for KU. And uh, hopefully a good career, hopefully a good season for all of them. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Check out Venue 1235. Looking for the perfect destination for your next social or corporate gathering. Venue 1235 has you covered. Located right off I-70 and five minutes from downtown Lawrence. This is RCST. Depend on it. This update is brought to you by Midco. FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN weather from the KCTV5 Storm Track Weather Center. High pressure and dry air. That's the name of the game for today. This means mostly sunny to partly sunny skies. Temperatures back down to seasonal in the mid 80s with a north wind at 5 to 15 miles per hour. Keeping the sunshine through the next several days, a slow rise to the upper 80s by Friday. From KCTV5, I'm meteorologist Greg Bennett. 
FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Kansas DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Sunflower State. To celebrate, all new customers will receive $100 in free bets when you sign up using code KLWN. Plus, one lucky customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code KLWN to get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Kansas. Plus, one customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's code KLWN, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 plus. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook. Subject to regularity licensing requirements.